Welcome to another episode of Exploring Art Podcast, Florida International University student podcast for the creative curious. I'm your host, Esteban. I'm very pleased to have the artist David McCauley and uh, Patrick here on the panel today. And uh, so welcome, David. Thanks for having me, guys. No problem. Thank, thank you for being here. Um, so... There's just, there's just so much we want to ask you because there's just, everything is just so, you know, there's just so much to what you do and, and the work that you do. Um, ask away. Let's see, which uh, question? What question did you want to start off with, Esteban? Um, all right, so uh, I was doing some research and I saw that um, you've showcased your art like all over the world. And I was wondering, like, what about Miami made you want to, like, be located here out of, like, all the places you've been to? So I relocated uh, to Miami from the greater New York City area um, in 2012. And there were multiple reasons that brought me to Miami. One of them was being uh, the art scene and specifically the happenings in Wynwood back in 2012. Uh, but also, as you guys know, being students at FIU, it's just a uh, physically beautiful place to live. Um, climate's nice. Uh, I'm personally, I'm in a wheelchair, so uh, to get out of New York City winters and and dodge that uh, hassle of commuting on the subway and cold slushy streets, that was uh, another one of my choices to be in Miami. And uh, Miami also has um, an incredibly supportive spinal cord injury and paralysis community. So once I moved down there, another another one of my factors was uh, to be able to participate with the Miami Project and uh, the clinical trials that they had going on over there at uh, Jackson Hospital. Oh, wow. Well, yeah, that kind of leads us to another question we actually had, which was, um, how has uh, being paralyzed affected your art career? So um, it's limited some of the things I'm able to create uh, artistically, but it's also created opportunities for me um, by being a part of that community of disabled artists. One of the companies that I, I work uh, primarily with is called Art Lifting, and they're based out of Boston. And um, they are pretty much an art agency that finds opportunities, exhibition opportunities, um, commercial and public art opportunities for artists with disabilities. So I would, uh, with without having my disability, I would never be able to participate in those opportunities that they create for me. So for that, I'm um, you know blessed and grateful for. In regards to being a disabled artist, uh, you, I think you explore, you tend to explore different um, techniques because you can't just pick up the brush and, and be quite as artistically skilled as some. So that's always led me to explore different ways of, of creating art. Uh, a lot of people think of artists with disabilities specifically as like mouth painters, but there's, um, there's, really uh, an unlimited way of tips and techniques to, to create art, whether using um, you know, gravity to, to pour paint um, or, or stencils to create uh, you know, like layered designs 
um, things like that. Uh, I also use rusting agents and patinas when I'm doing types of metal work. So the actual um, medium that I, that I use with those projects, that's, that's helping create the artwork as well. So I think it's, um, it's actually led to my development of creativity uh, by having a disability because I'm, I'm, I'm forced to explore these various uh, adaptive techniques and tricks. Wow. That's, I mean, that's, that's amazing, you know, and it's just, I've been looking at a lot of your art and it does like you, you do, it seems like you do a lot of, I guess you kind of mix it up with the different styles and like the different ways that you present your art, like some, some of it showing as like physical representations almost and others painting. Um, I guess, what is your, what is your favorite? Like, do you have a, a style of art that you always go back to one that feels like represents you best? You know what? I don't, I, I feel like there's definitely um, a, a style of art that, that I'm, that I'm known for. And I would say that's more of like the text-based topography work, but mm -hmm. over the past couple of years, I've, I've kind of grown away from that and have just been doing a lot of, um, you know, like classically trained oil painting. And, and that's, what I have on my multiple um, easels in the studio now is just, uh, you know, paintings. And I really enjoy exploring that. Uh, but I'm, I haven't really exhibited much of that recent work uh, for various reasons, I guess. Awesome. Uh, so was, was art always something that you you had a passion for or was it something that kind of came later in life for you um I always had creative outlets as I as a kid and and my mom is a classically trained painter as well but um I didn't take uh I didn't take that input from her at a young age I think as a as a young adult I was doing a lot of photography and that was just mainly capturing my friends and I, you know, snowboarding or skateboarding and stuff like that. So it was, you know, there's an artistic and creative edge to it, but it was more like documenting us doing these um, sports. Uh, and then once I, when I had my injury in 2008, when I was in rehab, they had a art therapy program there. So I was introduced to you know, painting, adaptive art making techniques and things like that uh, there. And it had such a profound effect and impact on me. I thought I would love to not only do this full time, um, but also share, you know, share the, the healing effects of art with, um, with other people in the disability community. So is that kind of where, is that where the Rise Up Gallery kind of stemmed from? Yeah, that was pretty much the birth of, of Rise Up was uh, evolved from me participating in the art therapy programs at um, Shepherd Center, which is in Atlanta, Georgia. So when I got discharged from uh, the rehabilitation hospital and went home, I put the, I put the, the wheels into, into motion to create the nonprofit organization and create the community uh, programming that we've been doing for the past 10 years. 
That's amazing. Um, what, I mean, have you noticed like for like pertaining to the rise of gallery or just in general for like that, that art therapy, like what effects do you notice? I mean, I guess what effects did it have on you or for the various patients that, you know, go for that kind of therapy? Like, yeah, there's, I mean, it's certainly a positive effect. We don't, we're not trying to like do an afternoon workshop and create, you know, push somebody to become a professional artist. I think yeah. the art just becomes, the art making just becomes uh, a medium where people can open up and have conversations. Um, an example that I, I like to refer to is uh, at Jackson Hospital when you have people with these injuries come to the art therapy workshops there. They come from all walks of life. People are of different um, socioeconomic um, demographics. You have elderly people creating projects with young people. You have people with different ethnic um, backgrounds creating projects together. And the art just becomes like this thing that you're doing, but you might have somebody that's 10 years post-injury giving somebody who's two months post-injury tips and of how to put their shoes on in the morning or, um, you know, bathing and dressing routines and things like that while they're doing the art project. So it just becomes like this common ground that opens up conversation uh, between strangers. And I think that's probably one of the most beautiful and impactful things that comes out of that program. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it seems like a, a kind of a place of no judgment, work at your own pace and just kind of help you, I guess. Yeah. Kind of learn, I mean, to, learn to live with the ailment. Yeah, exactly. I mean, um, you know, you can always, you guys can pull up a YouTube video or attend an art class and learn a certain technique. Um, you know, we offer that type of thing in the workshops, but like I say, I think the, the, the nitty gritty, the meat, the, the really powerful things just happen um, naturally when you open up conversations between a group of individuals. Definitely, yeah. Um, so when it comes to, to your art, do you have a, a favorite piece, like something that, that just stands out for you that, you know, that, that's your go-to favorite piece that you created? You know what, the, the same way that I evolved from style to style to style, um, you know, I think my favorite piece or the favorite thing that I've created also changes and evolves depending on, you know, what I'm, my current interests are. But uh, as of right now, there I have a self-portrait, which is a large uh, oil painting um, of the back of my head. So like my hair was up in a, was long at the time, it was up in a bun exposing my surgical scar on the back of my neck. Um, so I, I would say that's probably one of my favorite pieces right now because um, it's, it's incredibly meaningful and heartfelt uh, piece to me. I think some people could look at it uh, and think it's slightly macabre, but to me, it's, um, you know, to me, it's like a, an image of, Perseverance. Yeah. Uh, did, you, did you have any uh, questions, Esteban? 
Um, yeah. Um, were there like any specific artists that inspired you growing up? Yeah, I think my mom was always uh, somebody I looked up to in terms of her work. Um, Chuck Close, who uh, had recently passed away. Um, he was a, an, an artist and then had a, he had a spinal cord injury or, or uh, an, an aneurysm that actually affected his spinal cord and he became paralyzed. And then seeing his work change uh, after, you know, from before the injury to the type of work he did after the injury. And he continued making incredible and beautiful artwork. He was always uh, an inspiration to me. <clears throat> but, you know, in the current time, I'm always inspired by my peers, the people that I have shared studio spaces with, uh, worked on collaborative projects with, um, you know, really like the Miami home team. That's, I'm always drawing inspiration from the people around me. You go out to an exhibition showcasing local artists and, and you see something that catches your eye and you, you know, it's easy to engage with that artist when it's somebody in, you know, within your local community. So I'm always drawing inspiration from those people that surround me. Yeah, it's really cool to see how art inspires people and uh, brings people together and forms communities. I agree. Do you have a favorite ex exhibition that kind of stands out for you or one that? You know, without without sounding too self-serving, I, I had a solo show at the gallery that represents me in Boston a couple of years at Lanoue Gallery. And it was um, really awesome to see, uh, you know, uh, the whole the whole gallery space with all of my work. And it was mainly my text-based work, very clean, very contemporary type stuff. So that was probably my favorite exhibition that I was in. Um, but I also have a favorite exhibition of something that I curated at the laundromat several years ago. Um, it was called Exposed and it was uh, for photographers, all Miami-based photographers. And uh, that was... Um, that was a, a really awesome experience for me to showcase the works of, of those guys. So that's probably my, my favorite um, exhibition that, uh, that I had curated. And your, your work is still, it's, you're still kind of represented by um, the, the new gallery in Boston? Yeah, I was up there um, this summer. Uh, I'm usually up in New England in the summertime, so I always pop in there and see how everything's going. Uh, Susan and Gina, who run the gallery space there, are awesome. I've worked with them and known them for several years now. And um, those two ladies amazingly kept the gallery running throughout the pandemic and showcasing uh, other artists work up there. So they've, they've worked incredibly hard to, um, you know, maintain, maintain the space and maintain the programming that they do up there. As, as you're probably well aware of, um, a lot of galleries had kind of fallen off and closed their doors over the past couple of years, some of it doing 
due to the pandemic, but also due to the different, um, you know, art, art moving, uh, commercial aspect of art, at least moving online and things of that nature. So I commend those ladies for, for doing such a great job at keeping the space running. Yeah, that's, that's definitely not an easy task in this current situation that we're in, especially for the past two years. Um, yeah. Have you noticed any other effects that the pandemic had on just kind of the, the art world, you know, besides maybe galleries moving to a more of an online space um, or just galleries trying to stay open in, in general? Like, have, has there been any other consequences of the pandemic? You know, personally, I look at it as a good thing because I was able to push pause on the um, art workshops that we're doing at Jackson, uh, push pause on any current exhibitions or things, you know, leading up to Miami is such a crazy place, beginning of December for Art Basel. So not having to focus so much energy on those things, I really got to, um, you know, dive into my own creative practice, spend more time in the studio, explore some new and different techniques. And um, I, I found it really refreshing, actually. Um, and I'm, I'm not even quite ready to emerge from that, you know, because I enjoy being able to spend time in the studio without deadlines of I have to produce these you know 10 or 15 paintings for this upcoming exhibition it's more of um a leisurely create at my own pace and I've always been able to tell a big difference in my work when I'm creating something specifically for an exhibition with a deadline versus I'm just going to cruise into the studio today and paint whatever you know comes to mind without this end, end goal of exhibiting it somewhere. That makes sense. Yeah, like the end goal or like deadlines always just create that unneeded stress and I can see it kind of blocking like creative ideas because you're just sitting there under stress trying to figure out what am I gonna do? What am I gonna create? And have everything ready by this date and hopefully everyone likes it too. So it's just, right. it's a lot of unneeded stress that can just hinder your creative process exactly and i do agree too with the the pandemic as bad as it was it kind of for certain people i think it allowed them to just sit back relax focus on themselves maybe find new hobbies or explore their hobbies more and mm -hmm. you know not stress every day with just the everyday life we had before it hit yeah i think uh self-reflection is a good thing and a lot of times we don't create time for that and the pandemic kind of forced forced us into creating time for it good to hold hold up a mirror every once in a while mental health is extremely important and i think a lot of people have taken that or realized that during the pandemic i agree um so, so for your for your art, would you say that you're strict that you're kind of just inspired by the local area around you in Miami, or do you take inspiration from, you know, like you said in the summer you go up to New England, do you kind of take inspiration from whatever your environment or surroundings are at the time? 
Yeah. Well, so the reason that I'm always up in New England in the summertime is I participate in, with an organization called the Impossible Dream. And it's a, a wheelchair adaptive sailing catamaran. And we sail from Miami to Maine and back every summer. It's about four, four and a half months. And I usually jump on board for a month or so uh, when it's way up north. And when we're up in that environment, you know, you can imagine just being out on the water and in a different uh, coastal communities along the way. So, and I usually have my sketch pad and some, something that's um, easy to travel and create with like watercolors or gouache, you know, it's, it's hard to like, you know, use oil paints and have toxic turpentine or mineral spirits and things like that in close quarters on a boat and, you know, and they're messy. So a lot of times I'll just uh, be, have my sketch pad or, something more simple like a watercolor kit to just to do um you know just to have that creative outlet that's definitely a source of inspiration for me and it's a big change i mean i'm i'm from the massachusetts area and so like going up there it's just a huge change of, of scenery it's it's beautiful up there and just like the more you know i guess hills mountains kind of look to it in winter time you get the snow you get a lot of just different scenery up there. Yeah, and a lot more history Definitely. as well. Yeah. Whole, whole change of culture to go from Florida to, to Massachusetts or New Hampshire. Yeah, much different. Um, do you have any other uh, questions, Esteban? Uh, no. What about you? I don't, I'm trying to think of anything. I'm trying to think of anything else. Um, I don't, I don't know if I have any more questions. I don't know if we're hitting the time limit or not. Um, I think, we, I think we just got there. Okay. All right. So I want to thank you for joining us today, David. And uh, Patrick, I really appreciate it. This concludes Exploring Our Podcast. Subscribe to Exploring Our Podcast. Podcast on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you for listening. Please join us soon. And remember to stay curious. Appreciate it, guys. Thanks again.